Hallelujah. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this meeting. Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you. Open your spirit, Lord, on us, Lord, to give us discernment and wisdom. Speak to us, O oh God. Everywhere we hurt, everywhere we need you, Lord. Lord, we need you. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. I thank you, Lord, that we put on the helmet of salvation. Lord, that, that our souls belong to you. We give them to you, Lord. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that it's because of you that we are righteous. We guard ourselves up with the belt of truth, O oh Lord, knowing that you are the truth. And we can step out of deception. I thank you, Lord, that you prepare our feet with good news, the gospel, that we have a hope that we have good news. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, we take up the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart that the enemy comes, and he comes, Lord, to rob and to take and steal. I thank you, Lord, that you give us the sword of your spirit, the very word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, Thank you, Lord, setting us free, taking us out of our captivity, and making us whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Welcome to Soul Shifters. Last week, we were talking about doing. How many of you here were here Saturday night for Paige's message? Wasn't it awesome? It was so awesome. Were you here? Oh, my goodness. Todd, do you have a picture of those bridges? wonder if we can switch to that And uh, as I'm flipping around in here. Huh? We, had a little, we played last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, see if we can switch to those bridges because I was so, I love this illustration that she gave. She gave several and she had the visuals of, she had some little plants with roots talking about the weeds and how the Lord shows us our little weeds and how we can pull out a few. And then as we get closer to God, then all of a sudden she realized she had this huge plant out the back of her head that the Lord said, you got to give up that plant. And she didn't even know she had it till she got close to God. And then there, this thing, this huge plant, she had an actual plant. And she's like, but it was like, but God, I can't give that up. That's who I am. That's just who I am. And I thought that was so awesome because so much of us is truly who we think we are because it's been such a part of us our whole life. But that is the very thing that he says, surrender. And then she gave these bridges, which I just thought was awesome, this illustration. I wish she could have just been here and taught the whole lesson again. But this bridge, she talked about how when we're on the first level of Christ, the Holy Spirit, we're born again. And we're, you know, we have the residue of the fall. Do you know we're actually connected our soul is connected to a fallen angel called Lucifer and all his little imps. And so as we're, we're walking and working out our salvation, we're just born again. 
And to walk by faith, to, to, uh, to have that experience of depending on God and walking by faith. Let's show that scarce bridge again right there. That's what it feels like because it's new. It's scary. And then the other thing she pointed out was look how all the holes that the enemy can get to us, that he can easily get to us and cause us to be tossed to and fro. And so if you feel like you're being tossed to and fro, then you're probably at this first line. You're probably at that first level because the enemy's got easy access. How does he have easy access? He has easy access because of the wounds in our soul, the little weeds, and then the big plant that we didn't even know about till we got close to him and then he showed us. But we we're like, but that's who I am. Listen. I had so, and I, I say I had because I'm in Jesus' name, I'm, you know, it's like being conquered. But I had this huge thing of pride in my life that had just flown through my life, and I didn't even know it, you know, because I would have thought, well, I'm a humble person, you know, I love, but I, until Gene said, what should I teach on pride? See, I get picked to do stuff. <laughs> that he sees where I have a problem. Well, then I'm the teacher, so I'm the teacher for soul shifters. <laughs> but I had this huge thing of pride all my life. It was huge. I didn't know it. I had no idea. But where I was uh, playing the victim and life was hard and why couldn't I have it easy like all the other kids out there and all this was pride. It was huge pride. So I was just this huge victim, huge pride. And I didn't realize it till the closer I got to God. And then I thought, but this is who I am. You know, I'm singing that song, I gotta be me. What else can I be? Whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, I've gotta be me. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like, what? You know? <laughs> Just like, but that was like that big plant, the huge. It's like, because I mean, I carried through my whole life, you know, like, I can do it and I'll go it alone. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I was going alone. I was got to be me. I got to do it my way. You know, that song, I did it my way. <laughs> and now the end is near so I face the final curtain well hey we're facing the final curtain in soul shifters because the veil's coming down and the curtain's coming down right but that was me I had so much pride and it was not that I thought I was better than everybody it was actually uh, like a false humility the opposite there's such a thing as false humility. It's like, uh, but it's truly, it truly is pride. Where, but, but my pain is bigger. You know, God can't help me. I cry out, oh God, why don't you help me? Why don't you make my life better? You know, nobody's hurting like me. I'm alone out there. <laughs> you know, nobody's nobody knows the trouble I've seen. I've got music in my head tonight. Actually, I have music in my head most all the time. I just don't sing it. But, you know, it's like 
that's so true that the closer we get to God, there's that huge plant like Paige had in her illustration that's like, oh, wait a minute, that's who I am. That's part of me. And that's the hardest thing to give up. But I'm telling you, when we nail it to the cross, when we come to the cross and we say, finally, God, I want to be free. And, and when I really realized, you know, that I had those critters, you know, when I realized, my gosh, you know, I had stuff in me that was not like Christ. Y'all can come up, Tara, Mamie, come on up. When I realized that, hey, there's huge parts of me that are not like Christ, it got really scary because I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm so far away from him. My soul's so messed up. How am I ever going to get it right? And I just, I, every day, I, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May the God of peace sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. And he is faithful. He will do it. I'm like, I don't know how he's going to do it. My heart had been so pulverized. I'm like, how are you going to heal my heart? And the Lord said, Zinni, declare the kingdom of heaven over your heart. So with my mouth, I would declare the kingdom of heaven is over my heart. And then I would say, and my heart is in the kingdom of heaven. And I would see the master's hands holding my heart. He could fix my heart. I didn't think anybody could fix my heart. I didn't think it was possible, but it is possible. He has fixed my heart. Amen. I mean, it's amazing. I'm here coming from the other side. And when we're at this place, when we're in that first line, we've got so much of the residue of the fall, and we're really connected to Lucifer and all his imps, and we don't even know it. We don't even know the big plants growing in our souls. How much of the enemy has got territory in us? It's scary when we begin to walk and live by faith because, listen, when I was saying that word every day, I was praying that word, it was hard for me to believe. That's what it's like when you're on a bridge like that. It's like you're saying that word, but it seems so far away. May the God of peace sanctify me. I had moments of peace. I had times of peace. But there was a lot of other stuff going on in my soul, right? So may the God of peace sanctify me holy. I'm like, holy? Is that possible? I can be whole through and through, everything aligned with Christ, feeling his joy, feeling his glory, feeling his peace, feeling his wholeness. I can experience that all at once and, be, and, and walk in that every day. It was hard for me to believe because I was like that bridge right there. It's like, okay. I'm going to say this word, and I'm just going to speak it out. And I'm holding on, God. I'm holding on. The enemy's coming, tossed to and fro, and my mind's going, and my emotions are going. But I'm holding on to that word, and I keep speaking. Let me tell you something. When you speak the word out loud, it's going right into your soul. It's going into your soul. It's going into your heart. It's plucking up the weed. It's plucking up the, pl the plant, the big root. It's tearing it down. That's why, you know, we teach. Do that seven times a day. Every day for 63 days. It will totally annihilate that, that negative plant, that negative stronghold.
right? So we, and then you sing this little song. I've got another song for you. And it goes like this. Pulling down strongholds in the name of Jesus. Pulling down strongholds in the name of the Lord. Pulling down strongholds in the name of Jesus. Pulling down strongholds in the name of the Lord. I feel like an Indian. Pulling down strongholds. <laughs> So you sing that, you get that song in your spirit and you pull those strongholds down in the name of the Lord. You see, your singing is going to do it. Another thing that'll do it, clapping. The Lord showed me in the word how it says, clap your hands, all you people. And he showed me one day, he said, Zinni, when you clap, I saw what happened in the spirit. When I clapped, it set all of heaven out. Angels just flew into action. Demons just scattered. And so when he showed me the power of the clap, so I will do that around my house. And when I'm battling in my mind, I will clap my hand and sing and dance and say the word. And the enemy scatters like that. You know, and we'll talk about, we're going to talk about dance uh, one time here in Soul Shifters because it is a powerful powerful thing so these are things when you're on a bridge and you're saying the word and you don't even believe the word that you're saying because your soul's so oppressed or so uh, attacked listen do it anyway worship anyway sacrifice the sacrifice of praise because you are it's like a weapon and it's going right to the place in your soul right and you don't even know it, but then the day will come. All of a sudden, there's freedom. And you're like, wow, it really is working. It really works. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that, I love this, these illustrations. I wanted to show this again, and I wish Paige could just be here and teach this again. But that's what it's like on the first row. We've got the enemy coming at us. And then as we build that word... We pull down that stronghold. We have victory over victory over victory. It begins to build our bridge. You see that bridge right there? That is the word that is implanted in your soul. That is what begins to develop. It's pulling down the stronghold. It's filling in the gaps. And your soul, your mind is getting renewed. And even though it still looks a little uneasy and you can't see where you're going, you, it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how my heart's going to be healed. I don't understand. I don't know what my hope should be. I can't even see the future. I can't even see what to hope for. I don't even know what to be full of joy for. When you can't find your way, you stay in the Word. You keep building that bridge. You keep reaching in faith, go, going through the doorway of change. The darkness comes, and it oppresses you. The temptations come. Your mind is like tossed to and fro, but you just hold on. You can hold on. You know, even the, a visual like this or like the doorway of change, I remember seeing that, that doorway, and if I just knew, okay, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it. 
and all the stuff that was going on me, the pride, jealousy, all the stuff. It's like, I'm going to get through it, and I'm going to hold on because Jesus is right there. Amen? And he's going to get you through that change. And it's amazing when you finally break through, and all of a sudden the enemy flees. You know, the word says, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Most people don't know how to submit to God because they get tossed to and fro. And they're like, they're holding, they're like, you know, panicking. But submit to God, submit to his word. Let that word build that bridge. And no matter what, even if you can't see where you're going, you walk by faith. You know, faith is just, it's real simple. It's like, you know, walking to the edge of the cliff and you can't see where you're and you And the Lord says, now, take another step. And you do. That's faith. When you say, Lord, I'm listening to you, and I'm following your word, and I'm going to take that step no matter what, because you are more important to me than anything else. I'm not putting my security in, in anything, any foundation but your word and who you are, right? So I love this, this these illustrations. And so as the, the word is getting implanted, you see the bridge is becoming more stable. And then let's go to the next bridge, Todd. And you see there, we have a great bridge, and we can see where we're going. The neat thing about the Lord in walking by faith and, and walking forward, he's, he does ask you many times to just cut. You're at the edge of the cliff, and he says, take that other step. You can't see where you're going. You can't see how he's going to catch you. You don't know what's going to happen. But as you do, as you do, you know, last week we showed this the uh, the baby taking a step, right? And we said, when do we stop taking the step that we were motivated? When did we stop taking the next step? What stopped us? What changed in us? How did fear grip us? When did it happen? Okay, Todd, let's go to let's go to my screens and um. I'll see if I can find where I'm at. So the Lord does ask us, you know, the just live by faith. We don't live by anything else. We don't live by stock markets. We don't live by bank accounts. God is our source. We have to live by faith. And let me tell you, in this day and time, we have to live by faith. You have to. There's just so much... Uh, perversion and so much stuff out there that we have to hold on and live by faith. You've got to feed your soul. Your soul has got layers and pieces. Every time you have, uh, every time you have sexual relations with somebody, you have actually joined and knitted your souls. You got a piece of them and they got a piece of you. And you have a soul tie. And you can have soul ties with things. Who was it that had a soul tie? Oh, uh, Teresa had a soul tie with her car. 
That was really, you know, that was something she got through her divorce. It was the last little piece from her ex. You can have a soul tie. And it's got a piece of you and, 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 and you've got a piece of it. And it's there. Right? Our souls are fascinating. But I'm going to tell you something. God created your soul. He created this right here. This intellect, will, emotions, affections. He created it for his kingdom. For his glory. Right? It's not like an evil thing. It's his. It belongs to him. But we have to free our soul from these demonic strongholds. We have to free our soul from soul ties. Right? Everybody close your eyes right now. Let's just get rid of a few soul ties right now. And we're doing this by faith. In the name of Jesus right now, we ask Holy Spirit that you go in and search out our souls everywhere that a soul tie has developed everywhere that we haven't even thought of for years, Lord, that you, that the enemy has a piece of our soul. Right now, we cut him off in the name of Jesus. And we say, Lord, sanctify our soul. Spirit, soul, and body, sanctify us, Lord. We give all of our soul to you. We declare it's in the kingdom of God. We declare it's washed by the blood of Jesus and being transformed by your very word. I thank you, Lord, right now that we call back our soul that anybody else has a piece of. We call it back to us now. We're whole right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We cut off all soul ties that are not of God, right? And there's so much of that. We got pieces that are like layers of our soul. And you might not even know it till you're asleep and then all of a sudden you're dreaming of somebody or whatever. That's like, where did that come from? But that's in our soul. We're calling it back right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's move on. So we, we talked last week about doing, doing, you know, and the thing that I wanted to bring out, I don't know if it really came out or not, but when we say we're going to do something, we say, we say uh, yes, I'm going to do that, or I'm, we're, you know, making commitments, and then we don't do it, we're hurting our soul. Because you got... A, your soul has got a level, the subconscious. And your soul is believing what you're saying. Because you're created as, uh, like the image of the Father. What you speak is creating. But then when you say, I'm going to do this, and then you don't do it, you have damaged your soul. Because you've, you've damaged your believer the believer part of you in your soul that says, I believe what you say. And you don't want, we want to heal our souls at every level. We don't want to have something in our subconscious. Listen, we want to be people that when we speak, that not only does our soul listen, but all of heaven and hell is listening, Right? And that we can speak and decree a thing and know beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that that's going to happen. Well, if you have, if you're out there saying this and saying that, but not doing what you're saying, then heaven and hell is going, I don't know if I can believe them or not. Because that's what's happening inside of your soul. So it's important. We want to protect our soul. Right? Isaiah, this is, says, Rather is not the fast which I've chosen to undo the bonds of wickedness, to tear to pieces the ropes of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, a break apart every enslaving yoke. Last week we had the picture of the yoke, that I had truth and lies, the vision. It is not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house. When you see the naked that you cover him and not to hide yourself from the needs of your own flesh and blood. So that's another part of us that we'll talk about this a little bit about our compassion levels. But we want to break the yokes that Satan has tied us to. You see, we have, we're not, the more that the Holy Spirit is not developed in a, you know, you're, you have a spirit man, just like that little picture right there. Now, there's only one way he's going to grow. That's through praise and worship and the Word of God. He's got to grow. And you may think, why am I doing this? Why am I spending all this time in praise and worship? And I'm listening and feeding on the Word because you're building your spirit man. It, you, you're growing that and you're, you're moving from being an infant in the spirit to a, to a mature, powerful spiritual being, right? And that's what you want. So this is that same scripture. Then your light will break out like the dawn and your healing, your restoration, your new life will quickly spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you, leading you to peace and prosperity the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you take away from your midst the yoke of oppression, the finger pointed in scorn toward the oppressed or the godly, and every form of wicked, sin sinful, unjust speech, and if you offer yourself to to assist the hungry, to satisfy the need of the afflicted. That means you're compassionate to people in need. Then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday. Amen. And then we talked about the random acts. I think I went over this um, last week. Here's a quote. We make our moments divine by not postponing acting for him but by stepping in action now beyond what is regarded as safe and proper into situations where only God can help us. We can't, and this is what, uh, this was my summation of that, we can't fully know the presence of God until we are totally relying upon Him when we are compelled by Him to take action. So if you, if you feel like I'm not willing to, to go to the edge of the cliff if the Lord said go, or I'm not willing to walk on that shaky bridge. If you're not willing to do it, you're missing out on fully knowing the presence of God because there is such an exciting thing that can happen. 
Like when you step out on the limb, when you take that other step and you've listened to God and you know you've heard his voice and he said, do something and you did it. And then just the sheer joy of, wow, Lord, you, I, you spoke to me. You, I heard you. You chose me to do this thing that required faith. And Lord, there's is such a joy to know that he chose you. And it, and and the repercussions, you know, like like you have no idea the the impact of that. The impact of that very thing of what that action did. We don't even know how God is using every action that is given. We saw this movie yesterday, Miracles. And it was so good. And I thought about all the little actions which they showed at the end of the movie, how the assistant who was two weeks at the doctor's office finally got bold and went to the doctor to get this lady in and how the guy at the airport blanked out his computer screen to allow them to get tickets, the family to go. So many little things that were truly miracles you see, and you can be a part of an everyday miracle for somebody else. But you've got to be willing to trust God all the way. Taking action isn't about forcing yourself or your views on others. It isn't about seeing yourself with all the answers. It's about seeing the very best in other people and bringing them alongside you in your doing. Be prepared to listen before you act. Do act and do something. And here's, you know, always think about humanity, donating food to food banks, Habitat for Humanity, feed the homeless. You always want to bring the kingdom of heaven everywhere you go. And we see needs all the time, but a lot of times we turn the other way. I'm telling you that there's something that is very dangerous in your walk with God is when you get to a place where you are judging. Well, I'm not going to, you know, there's that guy at the, with the sign, you know, Vietnam vet, hungry, whatever, and you're judging. You're judging, saying, well, you know, this is a racket, or these people are going from city to city. Whatever, be careful. Be careful about our judging. Listen to the Holy Spirit, right? Start somewhere and see where God will take you. We got to start on the bridge, even when we can't see the end of the road. You got to start somewhere. Do what you can with what you have and where you are. That was Theodore Roosevelt. Are you doing a lot of praying for circumstances, for family, your community, your church, others, even the government? When you are supposed to be the answer, what are you doing? So ask the Lord everything that you're praying about. Everything that you're praying about. Lord, what am I supposed to be doing about that? Because we're here to be Christ on the earth. We're here to be the doer. We can pray and pray and pray and pray in our nice little comfort little chair and little surroundings. And, but if you don't get out there and do something, 
You got to go. That's why it says we prepare. We shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel. What does that mean? Our feet's going to take us somewhere, right? What are you doing? And maybe some of us aren't even praying. Maybe some of us are just so caught up in our own junk that we can't even, can't even think of the other rest of the world, right? To believe in men is the first step towards helping them. Walt Disney said that. We went there a few weeks ago. The first step in helping them is to believe in them. To believe in who God created them to be. So you've got to be able to see something in people that they may not even see themselves. You've got to have the vision of God. It's like x-ray vision. Where you can see the gifts and the talents. And you may not see any of that. It may all be hidden, but if you ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will show you. Holy Spirit will tell you something. Or you can, you can ignite something in somebody that's been asleep, dead, for a long time. This is Helen Keller. How many of you know who Helen Keller is? Okay. Yeah, she's an, I mean, she was an amazing, she was born with, or she had a fever and she had, when she was a baby and she couldn't see, she couldn't hear. Um, and because of that, she couldn't really talk because she never heard language, never saw anything. But she wrote some of the most beautiful uh, books and poetry because of a teacher who worked with her every day. They thought she was, uh, they thought she was retarded because she couldn't communicate, and she was like a wild child. But this teacher, who was almost blind herself, every day would take Helen's hands and, and teach her, like a simple word like water, she would spell it, touch the water and spell it. And Helen was just like crazy, but she kept doing it, and she kept doing it, and she kept doing it, and the, the day came Something in Helen's soul shifted, and she got it. And then she was like, what is this? Spell it. What is this? Spell it. And it's an amazing story. She's an amazing woman. But she wrote this, There's no better way to thank God for your sight than by giving a helping hand to someone in the dark. And I think about that. Nobody, nobody wanted to mess with that little girl. She was, they thought she was crazy. But one person gave her life into helping her, and it was not an easy task. One person. And let me tell you something. You are one person for somebody else. It's not all about you. Soul shifting. So we're going to talk about compassion and being loyal in love. Micah 6, 8, it says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? In the message translation, it says, But he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair 
and just to your neighbor and be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously, but take God seriously. So we're going to talk about this compassion. Here's a quote by Frederick Buechner. And it says, Compassion is sometimes the fatal capacity for feeling what it is like to live inside somebody else's skin. It is the knowledge that there can never really be any peace and joy for me until there is peace and joy finally for you too. And that's something that, you know, as we're looking into this word compassion, how many of us have the ability to truly be compassionate? Because when your soul's a mess, it's, it, you, you may, it may be hard for you to be really compassionate. But I tell you, compassion is a tremendous, tremendous, powerful thing. Jesus was moved by compassion. And because of his compassion, I believe, is why the miracles happened. Because his compassion, he felt the needs. He feels your needs. He feels your pain. He feels and has compassion at a level that it requires. It catapults. It changes the circumstances. You see, and, and, and when I said that uh, thing about um, seeing the best in somebody, you know, it takes compassion to be able to come to somebody who's hurting, really hurting, and, and to step along beside them. You know, we can be, we can be like uh, the shield, like, well, you know, we can be very analytical. You need to do this, you need to do that, blah, blah, blah. But when you feel their pain with them, and it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy to feel that kind of empathy, that kind of compassion. But when you come alongside them and you go there with them, but the, the difference is, is that you have him. You have the word. And what's so beautiful is when you can step into that place with them and cry with them and feel that pain with them, and then apply the word and take them with you to the master, the healer, the one inside you that can heal every wound, that can fix every problem. That's an awesome, awesome thing. And that's what God has called us to do. Right? So it's being able to know that we are a part of the world and everyone in it is a part of us. And it's just like if you've got a member of your body, you hurt your thumb, you, you've hurt it, what's the first thing you do is like, oh, you grab it, because why? you got healing in your hands for one thing. <laughs> it's a natural thing. That's what you're going to do. Or you stump your, your knee and like, oh, oh, you grab it because you got healing in your hands. Oh, oh. <laughs> so when you're, there's a part of your body that's hurt, 
you're, you go into action, right? Well, it's the same way that we've got to be with people. We've got to go into action and let that compassion be a part of us and not be afraid to cry with people, not be afraid to feel what they feel, but knowing that we have the word, the very healer, the one who has the answers with us, and we can bring them alongside to the master, right? Compassion. This is by Leo, Bascal's Leo, whatever. <laughs> he says, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest accomplishment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential to turn a life around. To turn a life around. One touch, one smile, one caring can turn a life around. People that are in darkness, people that are in such oppression, one person with the, the light of Jesus Christ, one word. You see, your voice has got spirit on it. Your voice has got the Holy Spirit. And one word can turn a life around. Right? Words of love and affirmation are like bread. We need them each day, over and over. They keep us alive inside. Amen. Compassion. We are priests. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are a special priest. And you think, me? I'm a priest? I'm up here struggling to get across that skanky little bridge. <laughs> right? But hey, you are. You have Christ in you. You have the priest. You have the king of kings. You are called. You have a calling. You have a purpose. To be like a priest, right? Amen. You're called to do that. Compassion. We are priests administering the blessing. What does a priest do? He bless the name of God. He bears the needs of the people to him, asking for blessing and provision. He brings hope, faith, and love with full expectation that God would, would respond to the words of blessing, activating the blessing in other lives. There again are words, words of blessing. We've got to carry on in our life with our words, knowing that they are truly powerful, that they truly impact the world. Because you think, how could, how could Abraham or Jacob lay his hands on a son and bless him. And then all these blessings come about. Uh, the, the reason why he had it, did that is because the power in those words, the power of the blessing, the power of the very spoken word. And 
how can you have that if you don't believe what you're saying? If you don't believe yourself? If you're saying one thing and doing another? We've got to live honest, pure, clear, knowing that everything we say, everything we do is creating, right? I mean, it's like this. Many Christians do not have any power because if God gave it to them, it would be more destructive, <laughs> right? Because there's so much junk coming out of our mouth. Why? Because we got junk in our souls. We got junk in our souls. So how can God trust us? Right? We got to clean these souls. Sanctify them. People were like, I want power. I want the anointing. I want this. I want that. But if you don't get your soul cleared up, you're, too, you're dangerous. You don't need any power. You don't need that working in your life because you get somebody cuts you off in traffic and you say something and it's like, whoo. Like, no, Lord, I didn't mean that. Don't do that, God. Right? Like, no, God, I, I didn't mean that. Don't hurt them. You know, or like uh, you say something and then something really bad happens to somebody. And that kind of stuff happens. I, I'm, I mean, I, 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 I know one time I got mad at somebody and I said something like, I just wish your house would burn to the ground. This was back when I was in a long time ago. Well, it, it did that night. And so that was pretty, I'm like, man, I cried. I repented to God. I said, God, I didn't mean that to happen. But lightning hit the house. So I'm like, oh, God, help me. I needed help. <laughs> so, no, you know, so that was like, the, you know, I'm like, Lord, help us. <laughs> Be careful what's coming out your mouth. So we want to bring hope and peace, compassion, the blessing. So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. Now the best thing you can do is speak the word of God. Because it is true. It's truly the safest word. It's not going to have people's houses burning down. It's, it's truly the safest thing, right? It says... It will not return to me void, useless, without result, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for, for which I sent it. So the blessing, when God speaks, his word does not return to him void. It accomplishes what he sends it to do. God's word always contains the capability, to the very capacity to accomplish his vision, his image in the word. Now, everything in our souls, everything in our souls is come about by words and images. Everything that we've ever experienced, everything that you're experiencing right now is because you're seeing something and you're hearing something. Words and images is what your, your soul is made up of. It's got words and images from the past. It's got words and images from today. Words and images 
And we want to take the word of God and renew our soul, renew our mind, transform our being with the word of God. When we take the word of God and we meditate on it, and we've taught that in this ministry, how to meditate on the word of God. Who, who here can tell me how to meditate on the word of God? Hmm? Where's, where's our microphone? So it's, let's meditate. Let, tell me how to meditate on the Word of God. You. Uh, what you do is, and I may have only part of it, and when the Word jumps out to you, uh, you meditate by reading the Scripture slowly three times. And from what I heard before, whatever words pop out to you, I've heard two different, not two different things, but multiple things, when a word pops out to you, you look up the meaning of that word in the scripture that you're meditating on. So what I've practiced is looking up the Greek and the Hebrew meaning of the words and also the English meaning of the word or the Webster's, whatever dictionary. And then also uh, when you meditate, take what each Greek meaning of the word means in the scripture and rewrite it. And then you just meditate on it like that. Amen. Is there more? That's good. That's more? good. This is the expert meditator. <laughs> okay, you're right. When a scripture jumps off the page, that's God talking to you, saying, first, I love you. And now that truth is going to transform you into his image. So we meditate on it, because if we don't meditate on the word, we can't prosper in all things. If you read the word, you're not going to prosper. It's only in meditation of the word. So the first time you meditate on it, this is a revelation for me because I always meditated on it one time, but the Lord finally spoke to me. He said, Gene, you got to do it three times for this thing to work. And I said, why three? And you know, meditated on the first time, it's feeding that light on the inside of you. It's feeding the spirit man. The second time, it's educating the soul man to come into agreement with the spirit man. All right? So there's unity here. There's agreement between the soul and the spirit. And then the third time you meditate on it, it's bringing your senses into submission to what's in agreement in the spirit and in the soul. Then you speak it out loud, like you're speaking it boldly, confessing it into the atmosphere. And then it's going into the law of life and peace. So whether death is or lack is in your life, peace is attracted to that. And where there's peace, there's prosperity. So there's three times... And then you confess it, put it in the law. And then you rest. So it's not going to turn back, come back to your void after you do that. Does that make sense? Right. Why you do it three times? Yeah. And that's, that's how it is. Because that word meditate in the Hebrew is just like a, a cow that chews on his food. And then he kind of throws it up. And then he takes it back. And he chews it again. And he throws it. I mean, it's like a process. Okay. And uh, one of the things that I do when I meditate on the Word, I meditate, I read the Scripture, and then I apply the Word. How do I apply that? When I read the Word like this, may the God of peace, I think about each word, may, may, oh yes, Lord, you may, you may, I allow you access, I open up all of myself, I am open to you, yes, you may. 
May the God, God, he is God. He's everything. He is the creator of all things. He's the God in fullness, the incomprehensible, the unfathomable, the unborn one, the one who's always been, the se- who, who's, who's beginning, who's beyond the alpha, the omega. He's God. I take each word like that. May the God of peace, peace. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing is broken. Peace, all is well, all is healed. I think about the word peace. May the God of peace sanctify, sanctify. Oh, you just take me, Lord, and you just separate me. You set me aside. You just make me wholly yours. So that's how I do I apply that word to me. May the God of peace sanctify me. Me, all of me, me that I don't know, me that's got big plants growing out the back of my head that I don't even know that's me, God. Everything that I've ever been through, my soul, everything about me, my body, may you sanctify, may you set me apart just for you. Make it whole, flushed with Jesus and his glorious light and his healing power, his glorious being, his blood, sanctified. Making me righteous. That's how I meditate on the word. Each word, I take it and I apply it wholly with my whole heart. And as I speak it, it becomes part of me. It's actually rearranging my soul, implanting itself. Its roots are going deep into my soul. Right? Amen. So the word will not return void. It always has the capacity and the capability. It's full to complete, to totally accomplish his vision. His vision for you. The vision that was written in the book before you ever came here. Your life was written in a book. Everything that God said that this is what I'm creating you for, your purpose. And you know, God is so amazing when I think about it, how somebody could be homeless out there, somebody could be in a desperate need, but then again, that could be their very position, their very destiny, that that very moment, that some wealthy man who never had any compassion for anybody walks by and all of a sudden his heart is gripped. And something triggers in his heart because he saw something. And that man that's homeless out there might have been in heaven and said, Lord, put that in my book. I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that that man walked by that day. And that was the thing. Because I, because I was kind to that man. Right? So you are, your destiny, everything is in in the book. The vision that God gave you, it's in the book. And his word has the capacity, not just, I mean, all of his word does. All of his word has that capacity, that capability to ignite his purpose in you. I like having the word around me all the time. Because I never know what word is going to ignite something all the time. And I may not think. I mean, it's like um, I was listening to some word a couple of just 
something I had in the car about angels. And I'm like, okay, that's good. You know, I'm listening to it. And, and, I, and I heard this like every time I get in the car for the last couple weeks. Oh, that's good. I have stuff around me all the time. Well, then Saturday night, the Lord gave me some clear, clear visions and revelations on the angels. And he showed me some things the angels were doing. I saw them. I absolutely know it in my knower beyond all knowing. I absolutely know this. You know, like I don't even have to muster up faith. <laughs> it, it's there. I saw it. I know it. Right? So that's what the Word does. The Word is always working. It has the capacity. It has the capability. It will not return to him void. It has power. It has life. It has spirit. It has prosperity. It has wholeness. It has everything you need. And as you meditate on the word, it does what it needs to do in you to, to bring forth the kingdom of heaven on earth. Right? Okay. I get off on these little tangents here. All right. So, compassion, blessing. Jesus released words of blessing just before he returned to heaven. In the ascension, he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. This was the, like the very last thing he did is he blessed us. Do you know that when he blessed those disciples, he's blessing you? Because we're the fruit. We're the fruit. We're the offspring of him, Jesus, imparting himself into those disciples, into those apostles. And now we have the same impartation. We have the same Holy Spirit through the word of God. Even today, it's still alive. And we carry that blessing in us. Right? So you say, my soul is blessed. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not his benefits. Amen. That's Psalms 103. That's a good one to meditate on. Psalms 103. Compassion, blessing. We have the same power to bless with our words. And that word will accomplish the blessing in our lives and in others that God has put in our paths. John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit. It is of no account. The words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and life. They are providing eternal life. We are to speak with words that edify and bless. Therefore, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage and comfort one another and build up one another just as you are doing. We are to speak words that give life. So this week, focus on every word that's coming out your mouth and say, now will God empower me with these words? Every word that comes out your mouth, focus on what you're saying and pay attention to it. And also, if you have negative stuff coming out your mouth, then we've learned through soul shifters that that's a clue that something's wrong in the soul. 
something is wrong in the soul, right? And we want to we want to go after it, right? All right. Speaking, you know, because it's just amazing how we don't even realize the stuff coming out our mouth. And then, you know, it's like until somebody is holding us accountable and then we go like, okay, you know, if they're speaking a bunch of fear or dread or whatever, well, okay, then that's what's going to happen. I'm in agreement with you. I'm agreeing with you that that, that bad thing is exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> It'll straighten you up real quick when you realize that, hey, my words are accomplishing something, right? So no wonder the Lord holds back on his powers. <laughs> but listen, the Lord will hold back, but the enemy... He'll pick right up on that. Yes, he will. And he'll send all his little imps and angels out there and say, Oh, you think, you're, you think you're, your ship's going down? Whoa, yeah, it's going down. Titanic, baby, it's down. Right? He'll pick up on it. He's going to take every opportunity. In fact, he's, in, he, he's up into the throne room. Jesus is being an advocate saying, I prayed for them, Father. And Satan's up there going, hey, they said it. I've got a legal right to take that ship down. And he does. And he does. Because you spoke it. Because you're saying that. Right? So we don't want to give the enemy any legal rights. You've got to realize everything you're saying, he's up there. If you're saying negative things about somebody that you've had a hard time with and you're saying all this negative stuff, hey, the enemies were up there going, they're saying it. They're saying that boy's no good. That boy can't do anything. They're, you know, they said it. I have a right. I have a legal right. And have to, because he. That's exactly what goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because, listen, the spiritual world is very. Legal. Yes, very. That's why there, there's curses, there's words. I and, mean, you know, Jesus has redeemed us, right? But we invite curses back into our life with the way we talk. We invite that back. And then we're back at the, on, you know, on our knees, going before the throne. Lord, why is this still happening? Why is this? And then, you know, you know, <laughs> we're praying all that junk. Well, then that gives Satan even more right. Oh, they're still in agreement. This thing's still going. you got to step out of that. you got to shift into what Jesus wants, what the Father sees up at another perspective. And you start speaking and living through that. You start speaking and living. Uh, that, you know, this child is redeemed. They're saved. They're, they're led by God. They're full of the Holy Spirit. You start speaking it no matter what. You speak what's written in the book for that person, that destiny. And know that when you speak it, that you're speaking according to the word of God. That God wants good things. And you've got word to back it up. You've got scripture, right? So you've got to get it to a high, higher level. Speak, live, see, live by that. Not by that shaky little bridge. <coughs> right? you got to know the bridge you're on is solid. When you're, you can't see it. And you're taking a step, and it looks like you're just going right off a cliff. But if you're standing on the Word, it's solid. And you can hold on 
for that when you have nothing else.